It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Yeah. So while we while we do that, Earl's going to go run upstairs to get Bernie. Okay. We're going to bring it down. We're going to mic him up. You want to do a... Oh, he already came with the security guard. Here's Bernie. He's right here. Oh, he's... Oh, he's... James brought him down. Security guard's got him. I got it. I mean, he got security. Anthony's got him. We're going to play 60 seconds with Jetty Osmond. Jetty. Are you sure? Because Bernie's in the building right now. What up, Bernie? Come on. Great to see you. I liked him. Come on in, bro. Yeah, them, is, right them in. is crazy right there. What are those? Bernie's clothes game is on point. Hey, and by the way, and by the way, my man, you always got to leave the stock X tag on. That's for Tybus that yeah. was hating. You got to leave it on. They know it's for that, real. That's how you know he's authentic. Yeah, that's authentic he's right there. He's got it right yes, there. I could, I could play hoops. I could go on shows today. I'm multitasking. You look like you're 22 right now, bro. <laughs> you look great. You look Bernie, great. Bernie, I feel like every, you're, you're – you're all over the place. I see all these videos you put out. You you love getting around. Um, You're having a ball. I'm hey, Bull, he doesn't have a mic yet. Yeah. Hold on. Let him get, let him get yeah. He's mic'd up. He's, he's mic'd up. Yes. He's got his mic on. He's good. Yes. Yeah. 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 Doing a little tracker Thanks, action Austin. this morning. Is yes. That what we, are, uh, we are harvesting. I know we probably want to talk a little Guardians baseball. No, we're all about the gardening. All about the gardening. Are you into baseball? A little bit. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Oh, Bernie, hey, listen. This is a true story. Absolutely, though, harvesting today. Tell tell the guys the story of Rajay Davis's home run. And and I don't know if if this is still true, but Bernie told me we were watching the game together at the the stadium. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the ball went over the fence, Bernie, my son Corey, and myself were in a threesome Jumping up and down, hopping, hopping, hopping until yeah. he crossed home plate. And Bernie said after the game, even though it ended in defeat, he said, I've been doing, uh, I've been played, played sports my whole life. I've yeah. been going to games my whole life. I don't know that I've ever had a moment that was that exhilarating, even as a player, which I was like, wow. Yeah, that you know amazing. what? When, when, you're a, when you're a player, you kind of get caught up in the moment of, of maybe making sure that it materialized right. When you're a fan like that, that night, that was a special night. And tonight, tonight we're going to get back on our winning ways. I hope. It's I agree. Rain. Shane I Bieber. Agree. Yeah, yes. you believe in Bieber. I know you yes, do. Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk more about the Guardians with you, yeah. but we got to talk Browns. Um, I thought we wanted to talk harvesting. I want to know what you're doing. <laughs> what were you harvesting? Are you harvesting? His crops. Those are crops. So I, as a. Yeah. Uh, Anything specific? Well, did, you know what? Today, today that was the soybeans and corn oh, out cool. on the farm out there. And actually today also, we're, um, as an apple farmer, announced Ooh. my community at the core. And we're repurposing, revitalizing, reinvigorating Appalachia. So repurposing coal mines. Wow. And to have planted uh, 125,000 apple trees. Good on Lord. A, on an old road. Essentially trying to shift eastern Kentucky from a, from a coal uh, economy to you want it to be to like the Pacific Northwest. You want it to be the next great apple area. Well, fossil fuel has been an amazing um, um, helper in our country over the last 100, 150 years. Sure. But fossil fuel, climate change, global warming has massively had an effect. And if we don't reinvigorate, repurpose um, our thought process towards things like fossil fuel, 
this extreme weather that we've been seeing, whether it was the hurricane down South Florida, the flooding in eastern Kentucky, it's unfortunately this, added, this, this issue is going to get worse. So besides the, the environmental side of it, boy, the, um, and Governor Andy Beshear in Kentucky had a statement. He said when the, they had the, the floods in eastern Kentucky, he said so many people lost everything during those floods. And, yet, and they had nothing to start with. And that was such a profound impact hmm. on yeah. me. And Especially, so, I, I worked for three years in the area that was flooded. That's where Tim Couch is from. And yeah. we were on a Texas we're talking with, we were talking with, with Tim, Tim on that. Yeah. Tim will tell you the devastation in that area is unspeakable. Right. Still, it, months yes. later. And from, a, from the devastation of what they went through from a personal standpoint, and then on top of the, the economy and, and the ability to, to have and support your families, just isn't there. So from a health perspective, it's it's really tragic. And then from an economic perspective, it's really they're really at a loss. So to be able to come in and implement training programs and educational programs and real life jobs and programs that really reimagine and repurpose um, and reinvigorate not only the land but the economic, the community, uh, the families. I'm just super proud of that. Not to mention those are the same communities like some in Ohio that were taken advantage of by the drug companies. Oh, the opioid epidemic there is Unfortunately, you know, we have this issue here in Northeast Ohio. Oh. And unfortunately, by Saturday afternoons, a lot of times our morgues are filled up from the overdose deaths that are unfortunately Bernie, happening. Bernie, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I know we're getting off topic and we'll get to the yep. Browns in a second, but there are 300 opioid deaths in, in America every single day. That's like a major jetliner every single day going yeah. down and everybody on board. Can you imagine the attention that that would get one mm. and then one the next day and the next day and the next day? We'd be asking the FAA, what's going on? And what, the Sacker family the start of us got a total pass. Well, the, it's horrible. The, the, but, yeah. the wellness perspective of yeah. even myself to be able to have sat and done interviews with you guys five, five to ten years ago where I was um, – um, four years ago diagnosed with five years left of uh, cognitive brain function to not be able to articulate enunciate communicate multiple syllable words heck we've done interviews where you really only catch half the words I'm saying to be able to healthy from a health perspective be able to revitalize and reimagine myself from a health and wellness perspective is actually how I started um, learning about the fossil fuel and some of the some of the toxins that that releases to these people down there on top of the economic disadvantage that they have so being able to tie that all together and not only up here but also down there to be able to bring wellness programs and yeah. training programs from a from a lifestyle perspective, but also from an economic perspective, is it's essential to, to what I'm, I'm doing. Keep doing that work. It's I, awesome. I, I follow it closely, and yeah. I know I, I've, I've been seeing what you're doing, and it's it's great. Keep it up. It's yeah. awesome that you know you've been through through so much personally, and you're always out there advocating for people. It's really well. Great thanks. That you, you know do what? That. It's exhausting, and it makes us all feel bad about <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> I feel well, so lazy. It is a little. It, you know, at times yeah. it gets a little exhausting, and I'm not saying this to. Uh, put ourselves or myself up on a pedestal but yeah. you know we've been so blessed and and I almost believe I've been kind of given these experiences or, or almost given this knowledge of it um, not only to share with people but it, it's almost a responsibility and some of the things that I've gone through from a personal standpoint that we were talking about with with the uh, with the opiate issues and with people trying to figure out healthy alternative ways to to get themselves personally healthy 
and from a, an economic standpoint, I've had to do that myself. Right. And being able to, sometimes uh, years ago, it wasn't easy to share. This, what I'm saying cavalierly mm -hmm. now yeah. today, mm -hmm. um, uh, wasn't easy to say five years ago. But with with the um, as Jay, unfortunately, you being so astutely right with over 300 people basically a day. It's, it's stunning. Um, dying of overdose deaths. And that's the ones we know about because yeah, right? so True. many are that. And then sometimes it's a lot of people our age where your heart just stops. Right. Yeah. So it's a lot of times is, you know, we don't want to say that's what it was, but we are absolutely. These are what we know for sure. There's 300 right. deaths that are that are officially recorded as overdose, opioid overdose. Yeah, it's and it's stunning. And we, we know we're over medicated in our country. Yeah. I mean, we're farmers over over medicating us and to be able to come up with healthy alternative ways to live a holistic lifestyle and, and get away from You're that. You're the poster it's, child for that. Thank you. Because one, you know, when we first started hanging out, I don't know, seven, eight years ago now, I was really, and I can say this to you now because you're in a better place, but I, when I first saw you physically with my own eyes, I was taken aback. You were mm -hmm. so, you just, you just didn't look healthy. And, and you've since told me that's because you weren't. But that's why every time I see you now, minor like, detail, huh? this guy <laughs> Factually, is, yeah. I mean, and, and you know it because I say it now, every time I see you, how great you look now, I know you feel good. You're you're just you, you are the poster child for how things can turn around if you're doing the right things. Thank you. If you're doing the right things. You were able to you know heal yourself and get healthy and regular, ready, regular and ready to go and back to your normal self. Um, you got any suggestions on how to get the Browns defense there? Yeah, can you fix them? Yeah, well, actually, <laughs> I've I've down about a hundred pounds from my seven eight years ago weight. Yeah. I actually think we could need to transfer that weight that I lost <laughs> into our. Defensive tackles, a little slim, a little slim. Yeah, you know. Can we do that? So, no, because we point out all these problems every week. The, the, the defensive backfield isn't communicating. There's breakdowns. Uh, the ends aren't getting home. We never blitz. The, the middle of the run line is awful. Our second layer and the linebackers missing tackles. Like of all of this, if you had to focus on one thing, because that's how you fix a burning building. Like you go in for the heart of the fire. Where is the heart of the fire of this defense? What do you have to fix first? Wow, Jay, you just mentioned five points, and I want to disagree with all five. <laughs> Good. Of them. Tell me but I'm wrong. Un Tell no, me I'm wrong. Unfortunately, you're, I don't think you are, and that's 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 really kind of the issue right there when you have four or five points right there. But one of the things that was clear last week when um, the, the LA Chargers came into the game is the the least, uh, the worst running team in the NFL. They had 236 yards all season, averaging 59 yards a game. And then they get 238 yards, two yards more in one game against us than they did. We bring out the best in people. <laughs> and that being said, I and watching the New England Patriots last week start developing their running game and Stevenson running for 166 yards, Knowing Bill Belichick, that that running game and that physical stuff is going to come right at you. And we talked about this um, when I did the show um, the, the first day you guys started this year. Right. We talked about being concerned about the run defense, being light at the defensive tackles before the season, and being uh, undersized at the linebackers. If we're winning, and we could, and teams need to throw against us with the pass rush, we could get up the field with their defensive ends. But if we're if we're losing or the teams that don't play ball control, our inability to really stop the run when a team wants to physically run at us 
has really been exposed. We were, yeah. I was concerned. We were concerned about that before the season started. Unfortunately, it's massively played out as the season's materializing. And as we see a, a game coming up this week um, with, a, with a rookie quarterback, a, a Western Kentucky Hilltopper yeah. coming in, <laughs> and he's 17 for 21 last week, 188 yards, one touchdown, one interception. A lot of his completions were off of play action. So to, uh, Bill Belichick played, played a game last year at Buffalo where he did not throw the ball at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, not sure he, I'm not sure he wants to come back to Cleveland right. and do that. But I wouldn't put it past him to, to somehow, some way, he ultimately yeah. wants to get the W. And stopping the run has been exposed. And By the way, I, Bernie had a great line in, on his podcast uh, that I, I saw a clip mm-hmm. this morning when you were talking about so, because you somebody mentioned, I can't remember who mentioned Deion Jones, you know, joining the Browns, not Deion Jones. Deion, what's the is it Deion Jones? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Jones. No, it's not a wrong in my head. And then you were talking about Ramondre Stevenson. You said somebody said that one said that oh he's on the IR. And then uh, Ber- Bernie goes, yeah, I think those two players that Ramondre Stevenson just ran over, they're going on the <laughs> IR now <laughs> because he had a good game last week. But Bernie, here's my question: Is it is it scheme? Because Joe Woods is, doesn't really have an aggressive style of defense. Is it the players? We knew that, as you said, that they were not great at defensive tackle, especially. And But is some of it just, there's just got to be more effort and more anger in terms of, we've been humiliated the last few weeks. Let's let's go. Let's kick some ass here. Yeah, I, I, I really like the Coach Stefanski, even keel professional approach. But there are times and situations where the – you say the anger, the emotion, the adrenaline, I think, has to play play into it. And one of the things I, I talked about on the podcast this week and i was uh, been thinking about since then and as you um, kind of get ready ready for this week is we're, we're, we play kind of the three safeties, the 4-2-5, the, uh, the lighter um, linebackers and stuff, and we've been playing – uh, kind of zone cover four coverage where right, right. you're you're kind of getting your pressure with four guys. Um, one of the things I really think we could create is um, to that aggressiveness, to that um, motivation is almost playing more blitz coverage. And you could do blitzing um, to stop the run and stuff. And when you have like the, when you have teams that are physically going at you and you have miscommunication issues like we've been having sometimes in these zone defenses, actually by uh, locking up man coverage, um, you could get more guys along, around the line of scrimmage. And I know I'm covering you, Bull. Bull, yeah. you know you're covering me. Oh, that too really, fast for you, bro. That really lo- – well, actually, everybody's too fast for <laughs> Not me. Not me, okay? Not me. But actually, yeah. when you know it's man-to-man yeah. and you you know I've got you in lockdown and, I, yeah. and the other guys know they're blitzing as opposed to, look, I'm going to read and react from you from this distance as opposed to I'm getting up in your face like mm-hmm. this and I know i got to get past you and I'm, I'm closer to the line of scrimmage. That playing, playing aggressiveness, playing at you in, in – um, and some of those run blitzes, I think, would absolutely be something that you need to do to. It'd be great to see it. Yeah. And we haven't seen much of it. And I think part of the, we were talking about the turnover dif- differential and how at the end of every year, and you know this being a quarterback, the one stat, if you just want to look at one number and figure out what kind of year they had, the plus minus is the stat to look at. I, we talked about it this year. 
Philly is number, number one. one. They're the only undefeated team left. The Browns have a zero turnover ratio right now. They're middle of the road. And for some reason, and I think that you force turnovers as a deep. Some of them are luck, tip balls, yeah. whatever. You know, you strip but the ball. But with pressure, Most of with it, pressure you, you create You increase the balls. likelihood of getting turnovers, which increases the likelihood of you winning when you can play aggressive. That's why I just can't understand. Is it Joe doesn't think he has the guys at the back end of the defense for that? Why are we seeing absolutely no creative schemes and stunts and blitzes? It's like we're sending four every single time, and we're not getting home with four. Yeah, I think, again, I wish I could uh, disagree with you. I wish I could criticize that. And I think it's, um, I think that's. Grab your mic, Burn. It just came off your jacket. Oh, okay. Clip it back on there. I think that's clear, though, that the, not only to us, but also to the coaches. And, and, and you, mean, you mean the opposing offenses know that they're not going to see any blitz? No, I mean to our coaches, to our coaches what they're talking right. about. And as you're preparing for a game and a new game like this and not wanting to give up um, what your, your game plan is going to be, um, I don't think you want to agree from a coaching or a Browns perspective with us. But I do think that, and I have no inside information in terms of talking with the coaches or talking with the front office, but I have to concur with you that that has to be pretty clear that this week, after Sunday's game, where Andrew Berry went out an hour after the game and made a trade for Deionte Jones. He wasn't the only one working on the defense that day, too. So from a coaching perspective, we've seen that this has not worked, specifically the last few weeks, and teams have caught on to that. We know Bill Belichick. If we just line up in that four-down lineman, um, cover four, soft zone look, he's going to smash it right at us. So we know that. He's going – I believe this week, there's no question, we're going to come up with some – a creative front or two and a blitz package or two that creates guys around the line of scrimmage and puts our our secondary on notice, almost like in the old days what – Hanford Dixon and, and Frank oh. Minifield where, okay, guys, you got these two. Okay, you knock them down. You two knock out those two. And then, then yeah. the nine, the, the rest of us, the nine guys remaining are going to stop the guys in in, in between the numbers. Nick Nuggets has some uh, news quick. to pass along. Yeah, we got to do real quick. Uh, we got a little breaking news here. Game two of the ALDS tonight between the Guardians and the Yankees, as we alluded to, mm. could be postponed. Well, now it is officially postponed. They will play game two tomorrow at 1.07 in the afternoon on Friday. So that does push back game two to Friday. You know, the interesting thing about that, Bull, maybe you can help me on this because I don't yeah. know. Um, we saw that the shadows became a huge, huge issue. Yeah. Huge issue. Yeah. yeah, I can't and remember in Yankee I, I, Stadium. I'm trying to think of the shadow pattern at Yankee yeah. Stadium. I can't. It, I, it's not coming. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't, don't remember I love that you're trying to think of the shadow pattern yeah. at Yankee yeah. Stadium right now. <laughs> the reason I'm thinking <laughs> of that is I know, it matters. It is, you were at the game Saturday. Yeah, I was. I mean, it, TV doesn't do it justice because right. the cameras mm-hmm. can auto-adjust the iris, sure. and it makes everything look bright. Yeah. Right? But uh, when you're at field level and you're trying to see that baseball, it comes out of the hand stark white. For some reason. And I, by the time it crosses the, an amazing the edge seats of the for the last mountain, game, we've had to hear about it for three yeah. days. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's dark. I remember, he didn't invite you. Now, can you believe it? I think the Blue Jays have it. If they open a dome, I think the Texas Rangers have it. Uh, a little bit, and I think that Astros most stadiums G do because the way they're situated so that the sun isn't in the players' eyes. Yeah. Right. Most of them are situated, so that's never a problem. Right. And so you do get a pattern, a shadow, a shadow pattern at just about all the ballparks. 
I just can't remember at Yankee Stadium. I hope the shadow pattern helps us and hurts them. <laughs> let's, well, let's be positive about this. You know what? Well, if, well, they're the ones who hit, not here's us. Here's my theory on that. I think it helps the Yankees immensely, and here's why. As the day gets older and the shadows get worse, that's when you tend to get into your bullpens. Well, our bullpen already has the advantage. I think the reason the Rays' bullpen looked as good as ours did is because our hitters were hitting with bags over their heads. They couldn't see the baseball. Uh-huh. So it's also going to make anybody pitching in the three, or really the, the 3.30, 4.30, 5.30 hour, it's going to make the pitchers that right. much more unhittable. So I think it, yeah. it is an advantage for their bullpen. It could depend on the day, too. If it's a cloudy day, it might not matter. If it's cloudy, it won't matter. You know, I don't know yeah. what the forecast is, but. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's why, unfortunate. I was looking forward to Why wouldn't they just tonight. play those simultaneously? They just want to make sure everyone can see every playoff game. Yeah, right. They're trying they to maximize yeah. their ratings mm. potential. Well, I know. I know. Sense. People are going to get all upset now. What are they supposed to do? Are they not? They don't want to No one's mad yet, Bull. No. Fans always complain when there's a game. Well, Jensen Lewis actually don't get pre-mad at everyone. Jensen Lewis had a theory that he thinks it's good for. I don't know if he said good, but everybody's saying, "Oh, it's tragedy if." Game two is rained out because that yeah. means Bieber wouldn't be able to come back on short rest for game five. But this is what Jensen Lewis tweeted this morning. Was mm-hmm. that this morning? Yeah, this morning. He says, not going to lie, I hope game two of Cleveland, New York gets postponed tomorrow afternoon. So he must have put this out yesterday. No, Why, two, you ask? Two tomorrow afternoon. Oh, so two he, tomorrow afternoon. Morning, okay. Yes. Strength of Cleveland bullpen far outweighs the New York bullpen and will put Aaron Boone in a, preco- a precarious spot of deciding how much and how often yeah. to use his high level. I think in the end, who knows? Yeah, you I never know. It, well, it, you know how it is in playoff baseball. You try to make something out of it. You try to you analyze everything that's going on. Yeah, and, and unlike in the regular season, in the playoffs, you manage your pitching staff to win that game. You really do. Yeah. And so, But you also, in the, in, the, in the playoffs, you are, unless it's a deciding game, you are managing with tomorrow in mind with your bullpen. Right, you, but you you're are. not. But you, mm-hmm. but you can't. I mean, you have to win the game you're playing because sure, you might not get to tomorrow, or tomorrow may not be as meaningful. You might not have a situation to use that pitcher. Right. So you're Bur- not going to hold out a pitcher. Bernie, either. this Bur- is the part of the show yeah. where the dads talk baseball, <laughs> yeah, and, we yeah, wa- yeah. and we watch it like a tennis game. Did <laughs> you like, oh, a big baseball fan, Bernie? I'm going to need my chiropractor. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Did you play is. baseball? Oh, I, I love remember. baseball. Yeah. You yeah. played? Oh, yeah. And Bernie, Bernie. I actually think I was better at baseball when I was younger than football. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So how come you didn't stick with it? You know, when I got the when I got the zest for football. Yeah. And the the uh, excitement of being out there yeah. on Friday nights in high school that was just so special to me and being the yeah. quarterback. Speaking of time of day, I get it. Speaking of time of day, did, did you have a, a preference on when you played as far as one o'clock, four o'clock? And sometimes maybe a, a Monday night game. Which one was the, the which one did you like the most? And which this one sounds cocky. That's a beautiful question. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I love the night games. I love the playoff games. I, this I love the games when I was the only quarterback playing. 
Because <laughs> I knew everybody else was watching, no matter what they said. And I always wanted to be good when that happened. Hmm. So Monday night games are very special to me. I know as I'm showing my age now, because most there's uh, primetime games about mm. every day now. Thursday, but Sunday, Monday. There, but, but, right but in the I'm old days, sure there game. wasn't. Jaguars were, are playing right now. You were the in only London. guy in town. <laughs> so that was that was special to me. And I, I and to Bull, to your point, yeah. I. I created um, an enthusiasm and excitement within me that, you know, I would try on the exterior. I would pretend like I'm cool and calm, but mm -hmm. in the inside, I was rolling. So to be able to come out in those games when you were the only one playing, um, I, it was uh, that was something I would I only I remember the, and it sounds cocky but no, I had, I had a very one. good record on those prime I remember games. the Monday mm. night game because Monday night football you, you got to think about it it was Back, way more on event. it was then. huge like and the Browns weren't on Monday night as much as you wanted them to be and I remember the game against you guys played the 49ers and I, I remember y'all playing at home and I remember my dad at that time my mom and dad is like bedtime's nine o'clock Back then, your Monday Night Football come on, man. Look, I hadn't thrown my bombs yet. Look, you got to stay up a little I'm later. A, my dad, shout out to my dad. I love him, love him to death because he always, he listened to my mom about everything. Whatever she says goes. But when it came to sports, I knew I was in there. He's like, the boy gets to say, I was sleepy as hell. Hey, right so, that, so that <laughs> game you're talking about, the, the uh, uh, 49ers Monday Night yep. game was actually 1993. Last time the Cleveland Browns started out 2-0. I was the wow. QB. Yep. Bill Belichick was the head coach then. Wow. Yep. He I was remember the QB that. for that. And well, who started? Was it Steve Young starting for the? Steve Young, my, myself against Steve Young, yep. and wow. I had uh, Michael Jackson. Michael the, Jackson, by the way, uh, with a couple a of fake Michael, Michael Dyson, Dyson, right? I remember he caught two. two, but, caught two but, well, here's the question, Bernie: yeah. How were you able to call the plays with Leroy Horde on the team because he never stops throwing? <laughs> <laughs> I do love Leroy, I know. <laughs> it's hard to get into that. I tell you, Leroy, yeah. that was the only time Leroy didn't talk was yeah. in the huddle. It was okay? on the field. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Shut up yeah. at that point. But you know what, that was, yeah. that, go back for those memories to, to have been to that game on Monday night uh, in 1993. And actually, again, last time we were 2-0, and and um, um, I got to play the 49ers twice that year because I, we beat them that night on Monday night. I got released. And we were in first place a couple weeks later and got to play the 49ers in the NFC Championship I, game to get this. Yeah. I remember that. that um, I was just, at the time, I was just like, hold on. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm 40, 40 now. So that time, I just in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I'm like, what you mean he got released? Like, just, oh, yeah. I, I had to ask my you dad. You weren't the only one. I was confused. I was yeah. like, what is a release? I had never heard release before. One, one of my favorite Bernie stories is your last play with the Browns, uh. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to, I know you, you said it, because every time I'm with them, I, I ask them to tell it again, but it's so good, you got to share it with our audience. Yeah, well, that, we were talking about the 49ers game, a couple weeks later, we're playing uh, the Broncos again, mm -hmm. and it's um, like week seven, we're in first place, and they had real aggressive safeties, Dennis Smith and Steve Atwater. Steve Atwater. And they really awesome. hit, and they, they came, yeah. and they played tight to the line of scrimmage. And during the course of the game, again, and I, I, I believe the quarterback were a result-oriented position, so you're, you, need to, you need to make plays when they, just, when they show themselves. And teams come up, like, I believe we're going to come up with some defensive packages this week from the blitz perspective to stop the run from our defense against the Patriots offense 
I know that other teams are going to do that to me. So I, there'll be stuff every week that you hadn't seen on film. So seeing these guys during the game, it came up to me where they kept squeezing Michael Dyson Jackson Thriller yeah. coming across the middle on a square end at like 14 to 16 yards. And to me, that's the ultimate sign of disrespect when defensive backs don't respect my ability to throw the ball deep over their head. Mm -hmm. So when they're squatting, and back in the old days, you could kill a defenseless receiver. Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't. You could. Or, and you there would be no do anything. anything. You could kill yeah. the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Carry him off saying, on a stretcher, no fly. Yeah. And I prided myself. I never threw a football above your chest over the middle of the field. But today, you want to throw the ball above your chest right. because you're not allowed to hit the guy. Yeah. And right. you get an automatic interference, roughing the, roughing the um, um, hitting a defenseless yeah, receiver right, right. call. So seeing that, knowing those guys are doing that, and then knowing that I had changed plays the previous couple weeks and, and that I was probably in hot water if it failed, <laughs> I didn't. And communication is such an issue, whether it's in football or in life. It's amazing how you could just tell somebody something. You could look each other in the eye, you could say yes, and then you flat out forget it, yeah. okay? So <laughs> to make sure that you didn't forget, I looked Mike, Michael Jackson in the eye and said, look it, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a square and takeoff. But just in case you've got concussion issues like me, or you can't remember, and back then, we, uh, and now the grass and everything, it's beautiful. It's, it's real grass and stuff. But that's a landfill down at mm -hmm. old Cleveland Stadium. Yep. So. Was the dirt infield still there? Yeah, it was. The, yeah. the dirt infield was yeah. there. The base but, was still out there. And they had, <laughs> and, but all the, the whole, by that part of the season, it was almost all mud and stuff. Yeah. So they spray painted the green. So you had all this pretty dirt down there. So just to make sure he understood it, I said, now, let's be clear. We're going to go down just like a granimal 16. This is crazy. Drawing the play in This is crazy. To make sure. Are you serious? That's amazing. Yeah. And then yeah. going to the line, and you go to the line, hey, I got my ass in real trouble right now, guys. So you need to block a little longer here, okay? Because this is a square and takeoff. Everybody else stay in. Okay, Leroy, stay in. Yeah. Okay, don't go out. We need extra block. And then and to have it work like that. So um, I, I, it works. He gets a touchdown. I'm kind of happy walking off the field. And I kind of thought Bill was uh, was joking with me. Right, you know, right. He wasn't as festive as I was. <laughs> so he was, he was still upset that even though, even though it worked, he was like, no, 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 no. He'd rather yeah. fail with his call than succeed wow. with Bernie. That's crazy, right? Wow. Still, we see, we still see this to this day, some of that stuff going on. His way yeah. of the highway, right? Well, wow. so you know, what happened after, like, it, the fallout from that was obviously it brought into the Cleveland sports lexicon the, the term diminishing skills. Well, I didn't think that that was going to make it my last pass as wow. a Cleveland Brown a touchdown like that. But yeah, wow. that set a domino up and within again, literally within 36 hours, I was released within about uh, when did you know that it was going to happen when it actually happened or did you sense before that it was coming down? Um, actually, I was coming to I was coming to practice on uh, Monday afternoon, and uh, Mary Kay Cabot called. <laughs> oh wow! And said that breaking you, stories you, even back then you were <laughs> whacked. Yeah, because uh -huh. back then at least you got to hear it from a friend. Wait, yeah, <laughs> they the team didn't even tell you you found out from Mary Kay. Yeah, Mary Kay called my office. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that yeah. the team didn't tell <laughs> One you. One might almost call that classless. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Maybe. Can't imagine yeah. that. Yeah, that was. But you got that thing. That. Oh, we got, yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh that's a reminder. Yeah. That's a reminder. Just a reminder. Yeah. My yeah. gosh, man. I, I wear that everywhere. You, you wear know that. what was cool, too, was um, got to play Frisco twice that year and get the 
AFC championship monkey off my back by winning the uh, NFC, NFC championship, championship game. game. Yep. And Eddie DeBartlo from Youngstown, Ohio, was the uh, owner of, of the 49ers oh. then. And back then, there is a no fraternization rule. Um, the opposing owners don't even ever do the, do they, they never talk to uh, the other players and right, stuff. Right. And to have, uh, and it's one of kind of probably one of the best compliments I, I think I had after a game was, after the um, after the Browns Monday night game that your dad let you stay up a little Man, late for that forever. It was cool. I mean, that game finished at like one o'clock, one fifteen in the morning. And and back then we are we are we're pretty good winners, but we were not good losers. So yeah. to have uh, Mr. DeBartlow come by the Browns uh, locker room and come in and, and congratulate me for playing that game. Wow. And then to get That's released cool. and have that happen. And then yeah. to be playing in Dallas um, for the NFC Championship game and to beat, uh, to beat him again and to have a, my last pass as a Cowboy go right. for a touchdown too, to have, him, to have him come to the locker room after that game was super yeah. cool. So w we don't have a Super Bowl, so we don't know what that feels like, but we want to feel like we're, we have a part in one. So tell us that you playing San Francisco as a member of the Browns helped you beat them as a member of the Cowboys yeah. and ultimately get to a Super Bowl so that we kind of feel like we oh, have something to well, do Well, it, it absolutely did because my nice. my plays my plays that I got the 49ers on in the Browns game were fades, takeoffs. Mm -hmm. um, so I hit Michael Jackson on that. In the, uh, Knowing that I did that against him and knowing that I talked so much smack in that game that I'm going to throw <laughs> fades at him, yeah. I knew that I set that up in the Cowboys game. So wow. when they're in press blitz coverage, he had known I'd thrown takeoffs, fades against them in the Browns game. And then I told him I'm going to do that in the Cowboys game. Yeah. And that's when you slip in something else and catch yeah. him off guard. Now, he was actually smart. He played it really good. He squatted. He cut in front. And, I, and God blessed me by letting me see that at the end. <laughs> and I threw it a little higher. But that was uh, he played it really good but that, that's kind of the mental chess it's match crazy. you do by talking smack yeah. yeah bernie you talk about no fraternization i'm curious because like i think i mentioned before I, I remember that famous poster of you and boomer standing back to back <laughs> right but I don't he was know standing I, on his toes too yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes. i don't know that i've ever asked you like what do you have any kind of relationship with him at this point or no yeah no i love Are you guys good friends? yeah yeah or yeah, yeah I mean, no i really that was a great rivalry yeah it that was, was that, it, it was, was really the only time in the history of the two franchises that they've been good at the same time. Yeah, me and Boomer had a lot yeah. of fun, and we still are today. To that wasn't uh, wasn't my favorite Bernie poster, though. If I'm being quite honest, you, uh -huh. can you guess what my favorite Bernie poster was? Take a guess from one, from my childhood. What do you think it was? So many what poster. I know. Air raid. <clears throat> it's the uh -huh. air raid. <laughs> I couldn't find it. Oh, uh, like a decent high-res version. Ah! But I did, yeah. was able to print it out. That's the Bernie Kosar oh air raid poster. This is my favorite. That's Yes, that's the Bernie Kosar air raid poster. That's not funny. Bernie Kosar, that's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Is that not fantastic? That pre-daughters with hair. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know why he got that. He's the last, I would say football-wise, he's the last of a dying breed. Like in that era, there were actually quarterbacks that would call their own games. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that, you're that, expected to. I mean, I was coached. Yeah. I was coached so well by Howard Snellenberger, and then Jimmy Johnson had the trust and faith in me that I had learned the offense so good that I was expected to call the plays. Matter of fact, Coach Snellenberger, who learned it from Coach Shula, um, who learned it from Bear Bryant and Paul <laughs> Brown. So I mean, I, yeah. I got it's quite the, a tree. I got the awesomest tutelage of that. Says that 
But coaches coach you up and that, again, you, I said on the podcast this week, we're erasers. We have to erase coaches' mistakes. They teach us so good that they guess what the safeties are going to be doing out there and that um, I get under center and I'm the last one to see the safeties. It is my right. job. It's my responsibility. The NFL put, was better then, by the us, way. Yeah. Put I, I think it was players. better then because you are, you're right. It's, it's almost as if the teacher – told you the answer to a question oh, that yeah. ultimately changes. Yeah, like, and I, that's I, what football is. They're giving you a look. But don't you think some of the veteran quarterbacks today are still doing that? No, no, no. no, no nobody no, calls no. Oh, we're not so doing it. No, 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 no. I don't mean, so, but they, you call, can they check change out of them. the play. Yes, I mean, certainly. Yeah, yeah, so like, but even a, that doesn't happen a lot anymore. No, they, it... Some do, Brady but not probably. as... Yeah, but, yeah. Not, but not enough. So, like, our scenario, and I... Look, you can't really criticize the Cleveland Browns offense. We are scoring north of 26 points a game. Right. Yeah. You know, we are one of the top-tier offenses in the league. That being said, though, us QBs and us offensive guys, we're perfectionists. So, even though we are doing exceptionally good by NFL standards, you expect to do a little more. Yeah. And, like, the fourth-and-one call last week um, if you really understand and you trust the quarterback and it's part of your philosophical belief knowing also that Jacoby is probably 98% on his quarterback sneaks when you get in in certain alignments you could tell if the quarterback sneak is there and last week that would have probably had a better chance yep. on fourth and one than the yeah. OT power play by yeah. Paul and jo yeah, right. uh, Joe no Patano and that when you trust a cue and you and you have that and you know that's your responsibility and that's your mandate, yeah. you kind of look for that stuff and you you alleviate subtle problems like that and that should to me in, in the old days that should seamlessly have happened without yeah. any of us knowing. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, well, it used to. Yeah, I mean, you guys yeah. used to check all the time. It is crazy. Oh yeah, now. like I it had a, crazy. But now it's just. But it's coaches, rare. I had so getting fired. They don't want to give up. Now and now they they need so much control. These coaches. But I'm curious, Bernie. Like Nick Chubb, if you had to pick one player on the Browns that would fit in any era in the history of the NFL, wouldn't it be Nick Chubb? Like, oh, he's absolutely. So old school, I, I mean, like. Nick Chubb. I mean, look at right now to be leading the NFL in rushing at 593 yards. Yeah. He has almost, I think, like 400 and. 20 or 430 yards of yardage after contact. Amazing. Just after contact. That's fourth in the NFL. <laughs> okay, so after contact. That's so he fits in any era for yeah. sure and in any down and distance situation too. Bernie, um, you have an earpiece draped over your left shoulder. Can you put that in? Because we're going to do, um, we're taking questions from viewers on okay. the internet yeah. on, on certain memories that you have. Before we do that, I'm going to ask you about a memory. Um, I don't know if you can get a shot of this, Steve. Um, what camera you'd like me to hold it to? This Keep is right a there, uh, this is a picture of you in the White House. Wow! And oh. um, President Ronald Reagan is <laughs> doing a very poor the Gipper step trying to throw a football. I know you weren't known for your form, but your form was far better than the Gipper's. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you remember about that day? About that moment? Well, first he was a little. I, I had a more sidearm at first. He was throwing three quarters like myself. He really. He, was, he played he, a football player in movies too. He I was think. the gipper. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he yeah. 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 How, how could he not do that then? Well, back in those days, sports movies—they didn't look like they could play. I feel like. Yeah. So he, yeah. for him, for him, he had come out. Uh, he, uh, President Reagan, came out to practice a couple times. We used to practice at Baldwin Wallace in the yeah. day. So yeah. he'd come out. And for, for me and him to kind of play catch like that, it was, yeah. and, and to be able to be invited to stay in the Lincoln bedroom was wow. pretty cool. Wow, yeah. that's all. That's all. And I, I, but 
He did throw it. That form was phenomenal there, and he actually did throw a really nice He's football. an athlete. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, like, that's why it looked weird. I, I, would, I would expect that if I saw, like, Bernie Sanders trying to throw a football or something right. like that. Yeah, but, but I'm like, come on, Reg. I'd have had to show up for that. Like, some, you know, people be saying they ain't going to the White House. I would just have to go, bro, just, just for the simple fact of being like, you don't get that often, man. For the experience. The experience alone, yeah. right? Like, just going through there it had to be amazing. Yeah, it, it's absolutely intimidating. Whether you're, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, when you have an opportunity to be with the president, be in the White House like yeah. that, that was absolutely inspiring. You steal anything? Cool. Be honest. I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying to get him on a Willy Wonka. I saw some soul on top of stuff. Anything like that? You got, you got a little something, right? Did you, find, did you find Kennedy's secret passage that he used to go get? I, had, I, didn't, I didn't find those secret <laughs> passages there. <laughs> All right, what's our first question, McNuggets? Yeah. Uh, Bernie, can you hear me real quick? Yeah. Awesome. Well, before we do the internet questions, I have a question I have to ask you that I think we've failed as a show for not asking yet the new roughing the passer penalties in the nfl oh, obviously man. was a different time than when you played but i'm just we gotta know what is your take on how soft some of these referees and these calls have gotten in the nfl god do i wish i got these calls back <laughs> oh in the my day god. You'd still i probably be i probably wouldn't i probably wouldn't have learned i probably wouldn't have learned all the health and wellness stuff <laughs> because i wouldn't have been death after 40 oh did you hear what troy aikman said on on the telecast monday night no he said it's time for the competition committee to take off their dresses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not a great terminology, yeah. but I get his point. Yeah. No, his point was yeah. is a good one. Yeah. And actually the NFL has said that they're gonna take another look at it and constantly try to tweak the this. The problem idea. is yeah. we're always talking about concussions and so now they've overcorrected. Yeah. yeah, one of the, you know, one of the tough uh, the tough things too about it is I as I get my helper here, huh? Yeah. Mike? yeah. <laughs> I'll do this just for anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You he, know, though, with he, the, he don't uh, help me out like that. You know what? I think that's there that's a earpiece oh, oh. for the other ear. It's 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 molded to go into his right ear. Oh, okay. well, this is my first time on the job. Uh-huh. <laughs> Most shows have an what's called an A1, which is an audio one tech. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we have Mike Bolt. We, we, we ain't got Mike no money too. like that. Yeah, we yeah, tra- exactly. We trying to. We, How's that, Bernie? Yeah. Does that feel like the Ohio School of Broadcasting? But if you want to super chat us, maybe we'll make yeah. enough money to hire an A1. Stop that. Um, I, listen, everybody hates the rule. They need. I think one of the answers is to be able to replay those calls and say, okay, obviously yeah. nothing happened here. Let's move on. Yeah, you know what? Part of me initially said yes to that. Yeah. And then um, the CTE hadn't overly affected me yet, <laughs> so I had a complete flashback yeah. of the <laughs> – um, reviewable pass interference calls. Mm-hmm. And if right. we're reviewing uh, rough in the quarterback, are we going to review it like we reviewed? Um, they screwed that up. In my they opinion, screw that up. Yeah. in my opinion, Bernie, what they should do for replay is there should be a replay official at every stadium. The NFL's making zillions of dollars. They can afford to have an official that's in the booth watching on four 4K TVs and immediately could signal down to the referee. He's got 30 seconds to get the call right. Maybe 20. If you can't figure it out in that little time, it's not worth changing. No, they the got to call New York, wake the guy right, up. Right, it takes forever. Yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy, if you were the doing process. it with the guy in, and it was just like when there's a call wrong, we get it right, whatever the penalty is. You know what's correct? Is, isn't that? Best is you know, as you're saying that, yep. as you're saying that, I'm yep. thinking, and I'm probably going to make a smart aleck joke here, but like it's it. it's. It's like I'm thinking about. Don't they have that now with those that independent doctor who's watching what happens? Yeah, and if he sees well. something, right. you're supposed to stop. And and I I'm, I'm sensitive to this. I talked sure. a little bit on my podcast yeah, about thing. it yeah. with the uh, Tua. 
Two yeah. and the Dolphins. Right. I mean, that's who I actually finished my career with. Right. Those doctors were my doctors. I see why in the 80s and 90s I have and we have these concussion issues now. Huh. It's one thing to see that happen in, yeah. Yeah. in the late 80s, early 90s. But to have the same people, yeah. the same people doing that still to yeah. to it today. And no one, no one would I've had a come through. same staff? Yeah. Wow. That's same ridiculous. stuff, same set of doctor, doctor network. So it's, it's un incredible to me that it's really still happening. And, again, even though I'm feeling significantly better than, than years ago, I mean, there's still ramifications for yeah. this stuff. How many this. concussions did you have, Byrne? Well, you know, now I, I say over 100. But if oh in the old days, yeah. in the old days, it's probably more because the only ones you counted in the old days was when you were unconscious. Yeah, when you sleep. So, like, did I have, we remember the Mason you Rudolph? You say, oh, you got your bell rung. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah. Started. Those are subconcussive blows. Yeah. But, you know, I was probably unconscious like that Mason Rudolph won a couple years ago, maybe 20 times. Good oh God. During NFL games. God. Yeah. And so then you got to think about like this, too. He, he played four years of high school. Did you play in college? All of those practices, yeah. not to mention getting to the league. So and they you, used to hit in practice. Yeah, right. too. And two a days were a real thing. And back then, they wouldn't even give you water sometimes. <laughs> oh, we started a career. And again, God bless you, Coach Stonberger, <laughs> Coach Shula, three a days and stuff. Yeah, half a glass of water for uh, three a days and three hour practices. We're taking salt tablets, giving salt tablets. That's how old we are. Just to really make sure you're dehydrated. You know, I mean, so sit in a sauna for five hours Bro. and then go practice I'm, 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 I'm surprised I'm not gonna be I'm gonna be honest I I've you probably have more than me but I've had 13 14 major surgeries in about five or six little procedures but man I'm surprised people back then could even walk wow. today or talk today because it was just savage back then it was you know and you got guys hitting in practices pads all the time the salt tablet stuff is, is you had to earn water you're like yeah. hey you're not gonna get a drink now we know if you with all the technology and science you, you think back and say wow i'm happy to just be where i'm at today right i mean look at the the, the wham blocks the oh. ko shots oh. Crackbacks. Crack that's backs. how the league we used, used to, to promote itself. Oh, we yeah. used Those to right. say, let's ear hole you. Let's ear hole you. I mean, yep. and be proud of it. Yeah. And to the point where. Did you see the Ricky Williams comments from recently? That he was on a podcast somewhere and he was asked about that, of if the NFL cares. And he started his comments by saying, the NFL cares absolutely not at all about this. Oh, no, no, they, not one bit. And, this and is all a farce. Say, and this is what was stunning to me. And I wanted to ask you if you knew this was verifiably true or not. He said the average life expectancy of an, a, a, a former NFL player is 57. Is that yeah. true? That seems awfully young. So it's interesting that you're saying that. So there, I saw a scary stat that if you played more than seven years in the NFL, your average life expectancy is 57 or 58 okay, years Okay, so that old. must that be, that must now be he it. didn't so qualify I'm, it by saying seven, so I'm, seven I'm years. So I'm 50, I'm, I wear this shirt here, not to promote here, the rock here, but this is <laughs> show you why I got these concussions. This is, I played in an era with uh, Lawrence Taylor. This is Michael Kofer, uh, amazing. Look this guy was 6'3", 245. He'd be for a year if I'm he did six, that today. I'm six, uh, <laughs> almost 6'6". Six, six. So he's almost six and a half feet off the ground at 245 pounds. That's about 0.2 seconds away from a ear hole uh, concussion, mm. a couple broken ribs here. 
I wouldn't have showed it if I didn't complete the pass, though. <laughs> okay. I can see why you want to celebrate but, that. <laughs> but, I, and I That's do this, crazy. I mean, God bless them, but Michael Kofer, Reggie White, Jerome Brown, Bruce I don't want to cry here, but uh, Chris Dolman, <laughs> these guys all oh, crushed me. They're all dead. Yeah, yeah. They're That's all, crazy. Michael's oh, yeah. passed, okay, huh. 57 years old, no okay. Um, lost so many of my friends. Chris Dolman, okay, an amazing man that I played against at uh, University of Miami against when he was at Pitt and then with the Vikings and stuff. And to see not that they're not only not with us, but the horrible way that they go out. Hmm. How Chris passed, how Michael passed, um, how Reggie White. And, and this is something that um, from an awareness standpoint, uh, we're talking about myself and how I got myself somewhat better. Um, some of the stuff that we need to do as players. The, the league is not going to help you players. Well, They're not going to help they us. Only care we about have to help soon. ourselves. 30, but, so. but you are, and I, I jokingly called you the poster child of this, the, the, because of where you were 10 years ago and where you are today. You rattled off no fewer than 10 numbers today. Five years ago, you're not doing that. You're just not. Right. right. He's, he's sharp. He Why aren't you the yep. poster boy? Why aren't you employed by the NFL working with former players and current players on exactly? You did it. <clears throat> How did you do it? Why aren't more people following your lead? I, I think that the number one expense for an NFL team is a salary cap. The second expense for an NFL team is injury, grievance, and medical, and that. That's that's true. And we are we are so old that we are a liability, and they don't <laughs> want to. They don't want they, you to live. They don't want talking. us. So they they want us. And I'm not saying this to be mean, nor to cause. They they are waiting for us to die, so we are a liability um, from their P and L, and I don't believe they want to do any health health benefits for us. So us players need to help ourselves. Were you part of the concussion settlement? Yeah, amazingly, I did that to create a baseline to find out how set up the league is to make sure we're all denied. We're all denied. Hmm. Right? You've, you've never seen a penny from the league. Oh, God, no. Matter, all they do is waste your time sending you around the country to doctors that are part of their network to deny you. Oh. Matter of fact, I got, I mean, we have some of the best. I'm, I'm a trustee at the University of Miami. Um, we have excellent medicine at the, at the University of Miami Medical School. Northeastern Ohio in Cleveland with the Cleveland Clinic and University Hospital. We have some of the best medicine in Northeast Ohio. It's amazing to me that when the league, when you have to do this stuff, they send you to Chicago, right. to Kansas City. I flop. Um, they're, sending them, they're sending you guys to doctors that they know are going to deny you. I mean, sending me the, why I got to fly through three stops to go to Kansas City <laughs> to stop off in Chicago. And, by, and this, again, I ended up having a... I ended up having a seizure. Uh, besides the concussions of the surgeries, I've had 14 seizures. Jeez. I've been in a coma twice for 72 and 96 hours. Oh my God. The fourth, the four-day one was post one of the NFL running me around like a dog, to and I flopped because most of my seizures were in altitude issues with planes. So I flopped in the O'Hare Airport. Oh my God. You know, I, I shouldn't even have been going I'm through I'm, Kansas I'm City. Glad I'm glad he's saying this because there's a lot of people that that believe, oh, they see the money that these guys are making now. They made good money back then, but when you want to talk about the health risk and the health bills that they accumulate after football is crazy. And the concussion settlement, you know, people talk about, well, they should be getting money and everything. There's a college concussion settlement. And I know exactly what he's talking about. Because if you go to that concussion settlement, you got there have a baseline of different things. So they, the goal is to prove 
that was either pre-existing or right. it, hap it happened independent <laughs> of playing football. Right, right. Pre-existing, Pre yeah. yeah how, I graduated how college in two and a half years, <laughs> and now I can't spell college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I, GD Ahanatu is a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and I've had conversations with him about this. He said what the league wanted was the big splash headline, NFL to pay billions right. for mm -hmm. concussion That's settlement. But he said now the, it all sits in an escrow account. Somebody he said the it. joke of that is and, for, and, and the NFL is so big Facts. and so powerful that nobody can get access to really get to the bottom line number of how much they have spent of those billions of dollars oh, that yeah. they were ordered to spend. And it's torture to get your own information. When you go through that stuff, I had, I'm so naive. I actually thought that the doctors were checking you out for yourself, but did not realize that it was really the NFL <laughs> checking you out. And you really can't even get your records without torturous wow. um, uh, due diligence. <laughs> now, knowing all of this, we all are going to watch Thursday Night Football today, oh, right? right. Yeah, yes. everybody yeah, is. Yeah. That's a sad thing. What does and, that say? And you know what? The NFL, what the NFL right. knows that. We're, we're outraged it, when we hear a player that's 52 yeah. shoots himself in the chest so his brain can be sent off to Boston University to be studied right. for CTE. We right, I was saying. I was we're the first ones to flip on the game and on we complain Thursdays, about the light. We complain about the, light, the not enough tackling. Right now, what we're complaining about yeah. is the league's gone too far to protect its quarterbacks. Yep. Yeah, so, so we're a mess, and this was a good little intervention, so thanks for that. <laughs> um, I actually don't mind all – like, sometimes the, the quarterback hits are a little crazy, but I like offense, so I, I like that yeah, the I don't mind penalties either. favor the I'm offense. not one of those – I'm not one of those, go, oh, they don't even let them touch you anymore. Yeah. I've never been one of those. Well, but for years, the league was marketed as a gladiator, physical, I'm going right, to try right, right. to kill my opponent sport. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying this for any of the kids who are listening today who should be in school. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was a kill or be killed. Oh. You went out there with the idea of it's okay to so kill you, or be killed you, because you knew you were trying to do that to me. Is so that no mentality no, different today uh, uh, at a high school level? Uh, oh, it's totally different now. It is. It needs to be different. Have you found that it is? Or I know it needs to be. It needs to be, guys, if it isn't. Yeah, I mean, so, okay, yeah. coaches, I mean, At please. certain places, it's still. They tell you. Right. Like, we come play St. Ignatius, and there wasn't nothing off limits. We figured out y'all got 50 on offense, 50 on defense. I'm going both ways. We did everything we could to win. That's why when Greg Williams said when they did the bounty thing, I was I was confused because that was just the culture. You were always trying to injure somebody. People say, like, what do you mean? And actually, right. and, and to Greg Williams and Sean Payton's defense, every team, every, every coach, every, every organization at every level at, at our age, did that. It doesn't make it right. But the NFL had to, because yes. it's a PR thing, right? That's <laughs> right. the only reason they care well, about now, it. Now, we are shocked that this you. is going you know, on. Well, well, now we understand that, yeah, you shouldn't probably put your helmet underneath somebody's chin because you can either kill yourself, be paralyzed, or you're not going to be able yeah. to walk. But the day. science just wasn't yeah, there. But no. Then, but Bernie, um, so this is the payoff question then, and this is what uh, Ricky Williams was talking about on this recent podcast that I saw. The, the question was, you know, whether you would go back and do it all over again. And Ricky said that, and, and I have always said, I've asked this question to over 100 former players. And to a man, every one of them has said, yes, I would. But Ricky took a different approach. Ricky's a really cerebral guy. Mm -hmm. I love Ricky. He said, yeah. go ask people that are 56. Go ask NFL players that are mm. 56. Well, Bernie, how old are you? 58. And the life expectancy is 57. Okay. So 
Now, being you don't the system, have a life-threatening condition right now. <laughs> yeah. Nice job. You know, defying the odds. Every two day you two of those seizures that I was looking down at myself. <laughs> so yeah. You saw the light. The third yeah, time like, every yeah. day you walk on this earth from here forward, you've, you're defying the average. Knowing the life that it afforded you and everything that you know about the safety and the mental debilitation that a player suffers, you're 19 years old. Are you still going to the University of Miami? Are you still going to make a career in the NFL, or do you do anything differently? Well, first of all, the uh, coming up in Youngstown, Ohio in the 70s when the steel mills and the manufacturing jobs was eerily somewhat similar to today in terms of it wasn't there from an economic perspective and a kind of future perspective, it wasn't there. It's almost why I'm so um, um, fixated and committed and uh, passionate about community at our core and and revitalizing economically depressed areas like that because that's kind of how I was as a young kid. Right. And the options to get to college, to get a degree, just weren't there unless you played sports. So I kind of needed sports to get my education mm -hmm. to, to get that opportunity. But now I kind of look at it at 58 years old. I'm not trying to be a martyr and I'm not trying to patronize myself. But I almost think that the God has a, did that for a reason and that I was meant to do and learn this and go through the things that I've gone through to be able to talk about it today. And again, I'm trying to say it in a cavalier, calm way, but there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of uh, thoughts going through my head that I really believe need to be told to people, um, whether, it's, whether it's young kids out there and our guys our age because we, we need help, we want help, we don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. And if we go to certain places, we're getting really bad advice that's actually accelerating our death or amplifying our issues, the pain in our head, the, the inability to remember. So it's almost like I believe I've, I've been given this gift and, and a, to help so, others. a responsibility. So your answer is, yeah, you would do it again. Yeah, because I feel like I, I shouldn't be running from this gift I've been given or this issue because I've been shown a pathway that's not only helped myself, but I believe I've been shown a pathway to, to help myself that I'm supposed Helping to be showing, showing and sharing to, with others. Have you talked to Jim McMahon recently? How, how is Jim doing? Because I've had conversations with him about where he's been. His, his was such a debilitating pain, he was praying to die. Whew. Yeah, so I was with Jim. It's what day's today? Today's, today's Thursday. Thursday. I was with him last Thursday. How's he doing? And he's still on his crutches, um, had his surgery. And I got, I, I'm not his doctor. I want to do his HIPAA, but he almost had his, his uh, leg amputated right. below his knee. I mean, we have, and again, I got clothes on and stuff, but I, we have infections that go and affect our extremities, our peripheral nerves. So with CTE, um, you, you think, okay, you have the concussion head issues, which unfortunately we absolutely have. That also goes to fingers, extremities, mm. um, feet, and toes. So if you have infections, cuts on your feet, they tend to be infected. I've had a couple for four years with open wounds. Wow. Jim's was two years, you know, and he almost had to hit his... Are his, are his migraines any better? So... Because he was doing some experimental neck so we're stuff. So both, we're both doing extremely experimental, progressive stuff to increase blood flow in our extremities. Man. Jim, through his chiropractor, has been able to release tension in the neck to create blood flow and more oxygen because we're deprived of oxygen and blood flow in our extremities. That accelerates the issues in our concussions. I mean, you saw Tua 
during a game the other day uh, up on the uh, when his fingers started kind of yeah. going Locked like up. this. Yeah. Fencing. That's a mid-brain traumatic brain disorder. Yeah. yeah. If you watch like myself, I can mask it now because I've been. I'm cognizant of it because I know I'm on the TV mm -hmm. right now. If I wasn't when I first started the podcast, if you again, I'm not pitching to look at the podcast, mm -hmm. but if you look at the podcast and you're a, and you're a neurologist, uh, look at the first one. Um, I was I uh, I'm doing the same thing too. As Bernie, doing. you used to do that a lot more. All the time. You exactly. used to do that almost so, as like I, I always thought it was a nervous. No, it's a traumatic. It's a it. traumatic brain. You you literally have paralysis in your extremities. So, does it lock up your brain? Yes. Does it lock if, up your fingers? Does it lock up your toes? Absolutely. So, does. So, so what he's saying, if you see me right, so I sometimes I hold. You have to hold something. You, you hold arm. my arm or your hand. You hold it because there, there's. It's just you, you. It's not a tremor. Sometimes the first time it start happening, you like, do I have ALS? I was like, this I, is crazy. I want to get tested for ALS. I'm <laughs> yelling. Said, the I NFL, said, I'm <laughs> yelling, there's a test out there yeah. that they do not want to give to us players that says if you are possibly predisposed for ALS. We have certain signs that we have this stuff. Yeah. Yet, hell will freeze over before the NFL and these doctors will allow us to get any of these mm. type tests. It's, I've, been, I've been swimming up that stream for two years I, on this. I made a statement on this show a couple of weeks ago, and well, I know you disagreed with me, and I, I heard from a lot of other folks that disagreed with me, but I have studied the CTE issue fairly closely because of my years at ESPN. It was a front and center issue, mm. and I, for whatever reason, took a particular interest in it. I did a lot of interviews with doctors from Boston University, and there is, they, they've got the longest ongoing study of CTE in, on the planet, mm -hmm. and they get the brains of former players and study them. Right. And I mean, I was hanging with Dave Durson and Junior Seau, when we Two were trying to, had it when we were suicide. trying to figure out these issues, now I hadn't come up with my juicing and IV therapy and some of the, some of the uh, creative holistic stuff I'm doing at, at that point. But both of them, you had said it uh, 15 minutes ago, how both Dave and Junior had unfortunately shot themselves in the chest to save their brain for the well, research. Well, to that, that point, 95% of the brains that Boston University has studied of former NFL players oh, it's for have sure. had CTE. Yeah. So uh, my point was that doctors are furiously working on a test where they can detect the enzyme that is present in the brain that right now can only be detected with physical inspection. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm if, if they get that test and they can test everybody in the NFL, what happens to the NFL if this Boston University study and those numbers are extrapolated to current day players and 75 or 80 percent of these players today have CTE. What happens? Well, I'm, I'm to the point of we have it. Guys, you have it. We have it. And, and it's, I'm more fixated on what, what do I do about it to but, either But how does the NFL move forward knowing that their sport is turning all of their competitors into it's tough for me. What it's, we've seen. it's truthfully tough for me to really think about helping or thinking how they move forward since they're not worried about that. They're, right, they're right. really waiting for us to die. Oh, I mean, they, wow. they it's I mean, it sounds harsh and that, no. but it's really it's really true. We drop off the we drop off the, the, yeah. the radar screen 
that's less of a liability. It's less of a person telling the truth about knowing the, all of that, the death that's in our head. Knowing all that, though, how do you manage to still watch this game and enjoy watching football and watching the NFL product knowing what they've done? Uh, I'm not sure I enjoy it, um, right. but I, 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 I actually watch it to see. Now I watch these games to see what doctors and what people are still involved from when can they were screwing me. Can you still enjoy the game as a, to watch the game as as the sport that you played and loved at one point? I, I'm not sure I I'm not sure I enjoy it as much. No, you don't. It. You can't. Okay. Yeah. That, but it's it, understandable why. I, I totally get it, of course. Oh, so you're watching a Browns game this this you're you're watching this Browns game this Sunday. What's going through your head while you're watching the game? Um, you know what? When I do watch the game, I try to look at it from the analytical X's and O's perspective. Yeah. I still can't help but throw myself into what should I be doing as the QB. So I put myself in Jacoby's uh, yeah. Jacoby's situation with that. And how do you feel about people enjoying this sport, knowing what you have been through and, and your generation of football players been through and what they continue to go through? Do you... You, how does it make you feel about us as fans and watching this and celebrating and enjoying it? Does it? I'd, have, I'd imagine I'd, I might have a hard time uh, being cool with that. Um, I don't have a hard time being cool with it, but there are times. And again, I was at a charity event last Saturday, and one of the things I I, I really love music, and there's a cool thing for traumatic brain injuries, which I have. What we're doing at the University of Miami, where music therapy helps. Um, in the cognitive uh, rehabilitation of your brain. That being said, um, I used to listen to heavy ACDC before every game I played. Uh-huh. Okay? <laughs> listen to ACDC at the, at the, the monsterly high levels right now mm-hmm. sends, sends your head loud music and loud noises. Um, being at a game actually sends your head into somewhat of a dark place. I don't know how you get with it, but it makes, yeah. it, it, makes it really tough yeah. from that. So really, from, from that perspective of, of how do you handle yourself and yeah. cope with it in, in environments now where um, it starts happening to you. You start actually freezing up, getting partial paralysis to where your fingers aren't moving, your extremities aren't moving. So like in those wow. games, actually... I'm sometimes just trying to get by because if you have an episode, which you have, which I had the other night with a really loud music, and I'm not even drinking and stuff anymore, so you can't even say that. So it ends up being a, an, a, um, like a a, almost a paralysis to where you could talk, to, I could talk, you could talk to me, but no words are coming out. Your fingers may not move, your feet may not move, and it's you just got to figure out how to get around that when. <sighs> You're at the game and they're gonna attack you, or well, you're out doing something. It's a it's a really tricky thing, for, and that's kind of where back to the responsibility of. It's just not me going through this and trying to deal with. There's lots of us guys, and a lot of us guys in our mid 50s, we have a hard time admitting that we're frail. Yeah, that we have these. Because we're right. trying to pretend we're cool. Well, you we talked got all about the your upbringing, I'm a tough guy. At pra- you know? Those practices you went through that you just talked about, where you had to prove your masculinity, that's still ingrained in you from right. back then, oh, I'm yeah. sure. And you're oh, still yeah. probably fighting that. Yeah, that makes total sense. It's great that you're an advocate for for the cause, though. For yeah, for keep, everybody, keep fighting really that is. fight because uh, you know anybody that knew you 10 years ago he and look at you now, He's looking good, man. it's mm-hmm. the most remarkable turnaround. Because usually it's degenerative and it always goes downhill. I've never seen a player on a decline like that and somehow some way miraculously stop it and come back the other way you look 15 years younger your mind is just as sharp as it was when you were 23 years old dissecting nfl defenses Mm -hmm. 
everybody that knew the game and covered it for a lifetime back then would say of Bernie Kosar, it's impossible for a guy with his physical attributes to succeed in the NFL unless he's Mensa mm -hmm. genius smart between the ears. And you were, and you're just as sharp today as you were then. Thanks. Bro. And I'm glad you are. It's great to see you. Yeah, it's great uh, to see. Are they going to win Sunday? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. <laughs> I, felt, I, felt, I felt really good about it. I felt really good about it a couple weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. You know, this is, but I mean, we need to really implement this. We need to really implement some of these changes defensively to get after it because Bill, Bill will be ready for that. Screw yeah. Bill Belichick. Let's kick his ass. Joe yeah. Woods, if you yeah. listen and bring some of that pressure, dog. <laughs> yeah, dial it up. Mm. Um, your podcast. The Tell Bernie, people how they can see it. Yeah, the Bernie Kosar Show with Hanford Dixon, top dog on the big plane that I watch it. Yeah. It's great. It's great. I, I watch it. it is. I'm already subscribed. You can check it out on YouTube. I saw it the YouTube. other day. And yep. It's yep. great. It's great. Hanford Dixon. It's great seeing all of the guys from, because that was my era, the late 80s, early 90s. It's yeah. great. It met is doing a great job and and Hanford and you and just anytime I see you guys together especially and we have Leroy on every week yeah I love and Leroy yeah. anything you'd like to say to Leroy right now that we're going to clip and play it when he's on the show next week well I don't want to compliment Leroy too much but <laughs> Leroy was one of the best pass catchers ever okay really? and we had such a cool we had such a cool routine during during our games because um, I would try to act like I was going to run towards the line of scrimmage. Now, we all know I was slow and all know I'm not going to run. What? But Leroy and me had a, such a good routine where he'd call my name, he would fake like he's blocking, but he'd always try to get open. So Leroy had some of the most creative throwing catches and touchdowns, and he was so... He's so friggin' resourceful yeah. out on the field. He's a smart guy. Too, he is man. super smart. Really I smart. hate sucking up with all these compliments. So Leroy, don't get a big chops. head. Yeah, don't get a big cranium. It's too late. Do you yeah, remember the night late. that we were all out at Johnny's? There was a big group of us. Yeah. And he was trying to airdrop the picture. Yeah, <laughs> the pictures yeah we're a little technically challenged. Yes. And he was sending them to. He, there was a lady sitting at the table next to us. Her name was Jane, and he kept sending them to Jane's <laughs> iPhone. Why do I have pictures and of Bernie? All of us in the group were getting the pictures but me. And finally, I saw this older woman stand up and say, why is someone sending me pictures of Bernie Kosar and Leroy Horde and a bunch of other strangers? <laughs> Jane's <laughs> iPhone. He at least, they, at least they were appropriate. Yeah. Could have yeah. been yeah. way yeah. worse. Could have been way Bernie, worse. Bernie, we love you, buddy. Awesome. Great Bernie Kosar. Great having the, the one and only 19. No one should ever wear that number ever again. That was Can disgusting. That that Josh Rose is wearing 19. I don't know why it's not. I can't figure out why they Retire haven't done the right man. thing by you and put your name up there. Come on now. Kill that number forever. He is and will always be my version of the uh, Cleveland Browns. Bernie, thank thanks. you, guys. See you tomorrow. Thanks for watching the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Uh, no Guardians game tonight, so we'll uh -huh. preview game two again tomorrow. We're on a 22-hour break. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. That was awesome, bro. Hey, he
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.